Tune into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. And as always, on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerd DJs Radio Network. And you already know, week after week after week after week, I don't rock with nothing but legends. And today is absolutely no exception. We got celebrity interviewer, artist, journalist, food reviewer, Mr. On The Rise TV himself, King Maserati Santana in the building. How you doing, King? I'm doing good. God bless you. How you doing? I'm all right, man. How's your family? Family is good, man. Everybody is uh, in good health. Um, I can't ask for anything else. Fire-ass hoodie, by the way. Love that shit. Appreciate it. Who's that? Uh, this is um, one of my sponsors. Um, it's the Big Big Deuce Apparel, 662. So this is just the Roman numbers of 662. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. Uh, yo, where do we start, man? How long? Matter of fact, why do you do the interviews? Um, well, I started originally, I started doing interviews for, uh, uh, of course, for me to have a voice. Um, but I'm also an artist, so you could say I already had a voice. But I was basically just doing it for the people that didn't have a name for themselves, man, that couldn't really have interviews. You know, it's, it's very rare to see someone uh, say, hey, man, I want to interview you, or hey, I want to interview this person, because they, they, you know, they don't have popularity. Uh, so uh, with my brand, I wanted to change that, you know, uh, because it shouldn't be based on popularity while you're getting interviewed, especially if you have a story. Your audio breaking up just a little bit. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's flawless right there. What did I leave off at? Um, oh, yeah, I was saying basically, like, you can't... Um, I do this for the people that didn't really have, you know, popularity, and they just still had a story. They could have been a fire artist, and I just wanted to change that. I wanted to change that perspective. Um, you can always come on my show and tell your story. I don't care about popularity. So how long have you been doing the interviews? Uh, three years now. I'm about okay. to have my... Uh, well, actually, going on three years, I'm about to have my uh, second-year anniversary on the rise tv yo that's crazy too man and you just up there too man shout out to you and congratulations on that appreciate that yo okay so you say you're artist too absolutely king maserati santana same name yes okay mm-hmm. how long you been flowing since 2001 since 2001 are you still currently making music or i am i'm still currently making music i have um i have a whole album that i haven't released yet um, due to um, just, you know, getting my brand up and running and making sure I stay focused on that. Um, um, honestly, uh, you know, people kind of forgot that I was, uh, you know, an artist until I, you know, post a certain stuff on my page. And they're like, oh, man, like, yo, we didn't even know you can rap. Like, you need to drop some music. So um, I'm in the process of uh, releasing this album. Uh, I haven't got a date yet, okay. but uh, we'll be back on the scene with music. 
All right, yeah, it's still, it's, I think you're going to have to scoot up a little closer. Sorry about that, but yeah, that's, that's, cool. a, yeah, that's a lot better. And you right, like you was like, uh, you like, you prefer the uh, in-person interviews, which is absolutely, because you don't have to worry about this type of shit. Right. Um, But I found that, like, I'm in Cleveland. Cleveland ain't the most hip city on the planet. Okay. <laughs> so, so it limits the people that you can interview. How do you find enough people to progress, not only just remain relevant, but to progress in your area? Well, you know, that kind of started up when I uh, when I started on Arise TV. You know, um, I'm in the city of Fayetteville, North Carolina. So the first thing that I had to do was uh, find a way how to connect with the streets, because that's really what it's about. You got to hit the streets before anything. People got to know who you are. And um, <clears throat> at the time, I was uh, going through a charge, and um, it led me to restrictions where I had to be in the house uh, at a certain time. So I only had 12 hours to play with. And um, what's so crucial about it is I had to find a way how to bring the outside to me inside. And mm. I went to work. I just um, started inviting people on the show. And before you know it, man, I'm, I don't really interviewed most of the local artists in Fayetteville. I, I don't think it's it's maybe a few that I haven't touched, um, but um, mostly everybody, man. I just found most of these artists didn't have a, a, a platform anyway. So for me to bring a platform in, and at the time it was maybe um, several you know media platforms in the city, and um, I just needed a way to find out how to get my stuff out there quicker. And I started going live every single day, like the Martin show, man, like any sitcom show that you see <laughs> seven days a week, you know, I was looking at these other, uh, these other media platforms. And I'm like, well, you know what, one thing they're doing is they're, they're generating their production too slow. You know, you interview someone and then it takes three weeks for that interview to get out. You never know how important that interview is to the, to the interviewee, you know? Yeah. And um, I wanted to change that whole perspective, too. So what I did was I said, hey, listen, I'm going to go live, you know, so now everybody can check you out live. And it was just a dope process, man, that led up to where I'm at now. I never forget where I came from with starting this platform. So, uh, yeah, that okay. was pretty much. I, I've done quite a few interviews and every once in a while you get somebody without a pulse. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with those? Um. That's a good question. Um, I, I well, first of all, I um, I move off vibrations, man. I, I you know, if, if I'm making you, if my spirit is calming you, then it'll bring out more of you. You know, um, I have dealt with many um, people that I've interviewed on my show, and it was a, you know, it was a dead space like that. The, the, the key is is to find a way to bring it alive, and it could be. Uh, ways that you bring out questions. It could be your approach. Um, it could be, oh, I got to laugh out of you. So let's 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 get to it. Now you're comfortable. Um, I just keep going. I make sure that I'm a I'm a finisher. So I just proceed with the whole process and um, try to make sure that they have a great interview because you know it's 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 about them, man. If I bring them on to the show, it's not about me. I'm here to listen. Um, I also look at when I interview people, it's like Roman therapy. You know, they want to talk. I want to listen. I need to listen. I'm not one of those interviewers that um, I'm going to over talk you because that's not what it's about. It's about you're coming to the show. It's your spotlight. It's your time, your hour. So, yeah, I just uh, make sure I finish. Yeah, you're a lot better than me because sometimes, man, it's just like pulling teeth, bro. 
<laughs> and it's like you, you know, you you trying and you trying and you trying. It's like man, you just throwing ball after ball after ball, and <laughs> at some point maybe, you can walk. It could be maybe they don't just have anything to talk about. They just want that spotlight, and they don't really have anything going on, but they want to be seen. You know? Yeah, yeah, but it, it don't help you if you just sing, and then people are like, oh. You didn't say anything. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, um, artist development, man. I, I, I would say if, you know, when when uh, when people are coming on shows, they need to um, practice, make perfect. Uh, a lot of people think that you, you can't practice for an interview, but you can. And um, I don't think that people are doing it because they think that, you know, when they come on these shows, man, hey, I, I suppose it look cool. But the whole, the whole reason for an interview is to get to know you and find out what you got going on. And um, some people just don't have anything to talk about. They don't know how to be calm, calm be comfortable, you know, keep their composure. They're nervous, you know, and they just have lack of knowledge when it comes to doing interviews. So you know the crazy part. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I advise everybody to, um, to start educating themselves on how to conduct interviews and how to be interviewed. Yo. Artist development died a few years ago. Do you of think course. it'll ever come back? Absolutely not. Why do you at, say that? At this point, labels don't care about artist development. They care about numbers. They care about, yeah. hey, let me go to your Instagram page. Hey, what's your TikTok looking like? You know, um, labels now are destroying independent artists. That's why everybody want to go independent. That's why nobody is going to these labels, uh, label meetings or, or anything. Now, for the people that's already been on labels from back in the day and still on labels, it works for them because the transition and uh, the transition have changed now. And you see so many young entrepreneurs now, the labels, they just, uh, <coughs> excuse me, they just don't care about audit development anymore. So now you have to, one, one, one successful key in audit development is, is educating yourself. So you have to learn a business yourself now. or get a business coach. <laughs> is there a benefit to the label still? Of course, it's always going to be beneficial for anybody to jump on a label. Uh, it's just the it's just the financial part, um, the backing from a label. Um, you know, sometimes if you sign to a label, man, you you signing your whole life over. And some labels own, still own people, um, but yes, the good benefits would be you know traveling the world, going on tour, being at certain um, events, uh, getting to know a lot of more people in the industry. Those are the benefits, but if you're a real businessman or a businesswoman, and you you know you're trying to be on your way as being an entrepreneur and and, and working for yourself and uh, being like Master P, being someone like Jay Z, uh, being someone like Fifty Cent, uh, all of those guys, yeah, they started with a label, but guess what they did? They took control of their own label, and um, now they have generational wealth. Um, yeah, um, but I don't think. I don't. I don't think uh, it. It'll never come back. Artist development. Uh, is there? Is there somebody that sticks out for you that you've interviewed where their story was one that you may not necessarily have known prior to the interview, but that you'll never forget? It's a couple of those. Um, I would say. Um, I would say Omar Gooding. Um, hearing his story, um, where he came from, uh, his family growing up in Harlem, his dad was a, you know, had a band and, you know, he was a musician, 
artist. And I never knew that Omar Gooding was into music. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I never knew his family was from Harlem. Uh, Omar Gooding is actually, he was raised in Los Angeles. But Cuba and all of them, they were uh, definitely uh, from Harlem. And uh, the stories that he was telling me, how he became a actor um, and at a certain, such a uh, young age, um, I never forget that interview because it was it was a blessing. I, I never thought I would even talk to him one day, um, mm. but that just shows you how God worked. Man, He would put people in your path to elevate you. Um, another artist, um, Little Rue. Little Rue was an artist. Uh, I don't know if you know who Little Rue is, but um, he has that single called Nasty Song. This is another nasty song. That guy. Um, he was telling me about uh, Charlemagne the God from the Breakfast Club. How. He kind of ruined his career, and he ruined his career because he had to pay all that. He had to pay Charlemagne God all of that money back, at least eighty thousand dollars. And uh, I think at the time, uh, L.A. Reid wanted to sign with him, but Charlemagne the God was, you know, uh, had a little role like far as like management, and it was from the same area in South Carolina. And you know, everybody wanted to know what happened a little bit. Uh, yo, you know, was he a one-hit wonder? things like that. But we didn't ever know until he came on my show last year. And um, it's on YouTube. If, if you guys want to go check it out, um, just subscribe to my YouTube channel, Wanna Rise TV, LLC. And uh, you can uh, watch the full interview with Little Rue. Um, just to hear his story, how he was signed three times and how he failed mm. every single time because uh, he did not know the business. Um, Charleston White. That's another interview that I will never forget. Um, how crazy it may seem, but this man was in, um, a lot of people just look at what they see on social media and they look at all the bad things that Charles the White say. Well, did they look at the good things that he was doing before he started doing this? I mean, the man was doing a lot of community work. He was doing a lot of motivational speaking uh, at schools and nobody took him serious. So when he got on the internet and started saying the opposite of what he was doing, he blew up. And yeah. he'll, he'll tell you now, hey, man, I just get in character. Um, he's a comedian now. So, you know, uh, certain things that he say, you got to understand, like, okay, this is for the, this is just for comedy now. Um, you have to realize that a lot of people hate him. How do you hate someone you don't even know? You know, you can't control what other people say. You only can control what you do. But when I interviewed him, and it was, it was, it was a great interview. And uh, behind the scenes, you know, he was pretty cool to me. Yo. What I never really hear anybody say about him is that he lied. That he lied? Yeah. Well, I, I seen one point I seen one time that he did lie on an interview. Um I forget where he was or what what was the name of the um the person that was interviewing him, but um it was a female and she was from a radio station and she asked Charleston White, did um did you talk about me? Um, during a prior interview, and he was like, no. And she said, oh, you didn't? He was like, no. And she replayed what he said. And he couldn't yeah, do you know what? <laughs> you know what? Now that I think about it, yeah, I, I'm wrong, because I did. <laughs> I forgot that one. But, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. So, I did. yeah, he, uh, he did. You know, that's why I said, like, certain things, like, most of this right here is, 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 is like comedy for him now. That's a, that's a commentary, though, on where we at as a society and the community. It's fucked up. Absolutely. You know, it's a lot of people out here that wake up and do a lot of shit for people they don't even know just because it's the right thing to do. 
and will die anonymously. And it's a lot of people that say goofy ass shit for a living and get paid at it. It it just is it possible that we will we'll change that? You think we'll see a, a, a change of that in our lifetime? Um no. I I, I really don't. Um where it's heading at now with social media, man, you can get paid off anything. Um people love drama, man. People love to get what they can't get in everyday life. So if they can see Charleston White, like something see and, and what's so major about Charleston is you could be thinking it, but he's bold enough to say it. So yeah. it's 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 uh it's uh it's a now it has turned into a show for you now. So it's like, oh, I want to see Charleston White because let me see if whatever I've been thinking this week, let me see if he's going to come out and say it. So uh, that that's how I think Charleston White gained a lot of fans, man. Because you know, at first it was shaky, like oh, we hate this guy, people want to kill him. But now it's like, yo, we want to see Charleston White. He's selling out comedy shows, so the game has changed for him dramatically. Is that funny? Hey, Charleston White is funny. He's funny. You know, and I think he's just being natural. He's just being who he is. And he's making money off of it. It, it turned him into a celebrity from just being this guy from Fort Worth, Texas. Yo. So um, he, he made it. And we can't hate on that. COVID changed everything. Absolutely. You know, one thing I don't like about what, you know, the, the changes that COVID brought is before COVID, you know, it was a few people doing podcasts and people that were doing podcasts took it seriously. Now, everybody that was making a bag before COVID and the bag dried up, started doing podcasts and a lot of them probably shouldn't be talking in public. Mm. Let me let me ask you this. Is there do you have like a list? Because I got a list of like five people that, you know, given the opportunity, these is probably the first five people I would that would be a goal for me. Who are your dream interviews? Hmm. I already did two. Um Kid Capri. Um, really? Uh Linnell, the original bad girl comedy. Okay. Um Jazzo, um, the mentor of Jay-Z, the one that put Jay-Z on. Kawhi and um, Sophie Faye. Absolutely. Um, um, I would love to interview Cuba Gooding. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with him. And um, lastly, I would say um, I'm going to do two more. I would say uh, Snoop. And I would say uh, Master P. Master P is definitely doable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah. haven't got around to him yet, but yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, you and you got the you, you you know you got the numbers to back it up. Master P is definitely doable. Not that not that the rest of them aren't, but I I think that he probably would be well. Cuba, since you, you interview his brother, would probably be the easiest. Mm-hmm. You know, but definitely just just randomly like like yeah, I think for you, Master P would definitely be the easiest. Snoop would, oh jeez, Snoop. How Snoop has be, become such an icon in America is amazing. I don't know who's who's his marketing people, promoters, or who who's his manager are, but and and his talent, 
But damn, that nigga has rebranded himself seven trillion times and all successfully. All successfully, yeah. Niggas no. running on the clinic on how to do this shit. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. It, but see, you know what? Like, all of those people that I just named, I have connections with them. Um, I'm very tied in with uh, with Death Row. Uh, shout out to the homie K Dub uh, from uh, from Bompton. Um, you know those are those are the members, and um, I'm very close to K Dub. Um, and if you go follow K Dub official, it's K Dub official on Instagram. Um, he's always with Snoop. You know, so right now um, they can't really do any interviews because of something they got going on that they had to schedule mm-hmm. where they get to a contract where they can't do interviews. Um, I know that K Dub can't do interviews. Uh, everything is a process, you know. So uh, the way that Snoop had branded himself, I mean, and, and, you know, with Walk through it, um, just you know, um, he can he can he can crit walk everywhere he goes. And people won't be offended. They won't be oh, that's dangerous. Like he had really, if you think about it, he rebranded the Crips. If you think about it, he made people feel comfortable, which is advance. And I've had this conversation a few times. That's a horrible thing. Yeah. You know, like, I'm going to be honest. And I love Snoop. Was listening to Doggy Style yesterday, literally on my way to work. Love the guy. But he's he's recruited for the Crips for 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Yeah. I would. That's a discussion I would love to have with him. Oh, you would like to have a discussion with Snoop with that? I, I would, you know, like, and I, I see all the great things that he's done. You know, how do you juxtapose the good that you've done with that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I interviewed uh, Lil Sodi, rest in peace, uh, uh, a crip from Los Angeles. And I asked him, I said, what do you think God's going to think when you get to the pearly gates about you cripping? He was like, nigga, I'm going to hell. Hmm. Instead of what, like, he, it, he didn't think about it. He knew. And he said it boldly like that? He he was, he was like, look, bro, I come, his, his grandparents were heavy into the church. You know, he had that background. He knew right from wrong. He chose a path that he knew was not right. And he was okay with it. Well, you know, in, 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 in California, when it comes to the gang culture, because when you think about California, it's the culture is is gang banging. You you know that's the yeah. culture out west and and in California is is gang banging. So uh, most of these most of these gangsters are are you know are already into it through birth. You know yeah. their fathers, their moms are you know could be from uh, the '60s, and their father could be from the mob. You know what I'm saying? Two opposite gangs, but you know, and then they birth it. This is where you at territory comes with the territory. And um it's more of uh when you have people like Snoop at being his age now in his fifties, um, you have people like Ice T. Um, you know, usually when you see older gang members like that and they have um a good name for themselves, you know, they usually start writing books and they start using like they they start the transition to uh, reverse what they already done. And I look at that like redemption. Now you're trying to find redemption because it's like, you know, you have done, 
you know, uh, bad things. You know, have you have recruited for over 30 years. So now how do you reverse what you did and still be relevant to where people can look at that and say, hey, you know what? Um, Snoop, 30 years ago, you told me to do this, but now you're telling me to be this way. Yeah. Why now? Yeah. You know? It, 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 I guess that's the process of being a man. Redemption. You know, shit I did at 25 is not the same shit that I'm doing now. Right. Nor, nor would I encourage anybody to do shit that I did at 25. Right. You know, um, what what lane are you in hip hop wise as far as your music? Oh, man, believe it or not, man, I'm, I love G Funk. I love G Funk. I love, um, I'm not really too much of a trap guy, man. Like, you know, I think that comes with age. You know, um, I can't, it's okay. You know, I'm not, you know, discriminating on that, but it's like, you know, when I got kids and just certain music that, you know, is, 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 is not always suitable for the ears. Uh, and I don't want to make music that nobody can hear. You know, um, I want to be able to make music that everybody can hear, that everybody can enjoy. And, um, you know, we all can, you know, uh, enjoy G-Funk. I love R&B. Um, and I love, like, soul, you know. Hip-hop would never be dead to me. Hip-hop is so young. 50 years is young when you think about... Um, when you think about R&B, when you think about rock and roll, um, hip hop is young, man, and, and and it's changing. And nobody really cares about the elders anymore, which is the wrong thing, the wrong message. People like KRS-One, Kid Capri, Jam Master J, uh, you know, Grandmaster Flash, you know, um, Biggie, Pac, all of those guys, man, Jay-Z, even, you know, uh, Jermaine Dupri, uh, Timberland. Uh, Dr. Dre, even Snoop, you got to throw them in there with hip hop. These are the True. guys that molded the culture. And how many of those are getting respect besides Dre and Snoop? Okay, I got a question for you though. How many of those did anything for their predecessors? Um, Because it's hard to expect the generation coming after you to do some shit you didn't do. I would say KRS-One. You, you know, I, I would say he's still doing things. He's actually trying to mentor hip-hop culture back to where it was, where it started from. That's going to be hard to do. Music changed how many times since then? And True. we're doing that now. So um, I, I, KRS-One and, and, you know, me, you know, uh, a lack of knowledge to what some of them may have been doing in their career. I have, I would have to get a fat check on that. But uh, just for one off, off, off the rip, I was, you know, KRS-One. Yeah, but I guess my point is, is, is it's it's not overt. Like there was never, a, you know, when you look at the, the original rappers, the ones that started it, they're not of means. The next, the generation, the Run DMC generation that really benefited financially didn't reach back, at least from what I've seen. Like you say, I haven't fact checked, but from what I've seen and said, hey, here's a bag for you for what you did. How can we help you maintain your legacy? But now you got rappers, we not, well, we 50 years old. Now we want these young cats to, to look back 
you know. I, I get what you're saying. It's hard for them to look back and, and, and respect you when you never did anything to help them. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I get it. You know, I get it. Uh, what are they doing to make sure that the culture is not changing and is is being see? You know what? You're right because if if it's how it's how involved are you in to the culture? If if you're nice. not involved, you don't care. You know, they already made their money. They already had a legacy. You know, they they already had a run. So they, you know, some of them don't care. Some of them like, oh well, whatever, man. I don't even want to hear that track. You know, whatever, whatever they stuck in their time. So yeah, you're absolutely right. What are they doing to make sure that, uh, hey man, listen, y'all can do this because it's like mentorship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying you're mentoring the culture when you're dealing with some of these artists. Hey man, you know, I figured if you can do this and you can do that, some of them that I, I feel like they should be having mentorship programs where they can mold and make some of these young artists. You know, it's no control. It's nobody's telling them that this is wrong. The labels yeah. is not gonna do it. Facts. Gonna get your money. Man. And, you know, the one person I will give credit for doing that openly, it at least appears, is Cardi B. I don't necessarily like the lane that she's doing it in, per se. Not for me. But, you know, she's one of the few that, you know, for the young artists coming, the young sisters or, or, or women of color coming behind her, she seems to, hey, let me give you a little push. Let me help you out a little bit. You kind of dope. And she don't, it's like she's not threatened. Right. Well, she shouldn't well, you know, a lot of people be threatened, though, bro. Yeah, they, you know. What's the you know that that's that's the problem. That's the problem. People want to stay in their position. Yeah, you get old. People have it, 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 it. It's a generation behind you. You know, Cardi B. She probably just you know, uh, um, Dominican from you know uh, the Bronx, and knowing where she came from, she want to help people because she wants to be relevant. Um, and she also probably had the mind of thinking like, listen, when 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 I'm done with this, y'all are still remembering me off mentoring some of you artists, saying yeah. something to you, yeah, longevity. Man. Yes, mm -hmm. and then you know, like, hey, she may not always have a bag. You know, she may need somebody in thirty, forty years, is, and they're not gonna. The hip hop won't forget how she treated them. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I know? agree. Yeah, you got to be selfish. That, that, that's a beautiful. Being selfish, nothing wrong with being selfish. We're all selfish. That's a beautiful selfishness. Right. You know, um, is hip hop in, since we own that, is hip hop in a good space? Like the, and I'm not putting, well, okay, like the, 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 my booty hole brown type of music, the, the, I'm, not that we didn't have killing back in my day, but it's like every, every other bar I'm sliding on a nigga. Is that a good space for us? Absolutely not. That's when it becomes dangerous. Uh, that goes back to when I said, like, I want to make music for all ears. I don't, I don't, I don't want to make. If I'm making music that'll make you go out there and slide on a nigga, then I'm, I need to check myself. I need to check my proofs now, you know, because I got kids, you know, and kids are affected and more influenced through music more than anything, and. You don't know, okay, so you're slacking in school, mm -hmm. but you're not slacking on them lyrics. You you can tell me. You, 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 can, you, can, you can recite a whole verse from NBA Youngboy. Yeah. But you can't tell me what this what, what this fraction is. Or, 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 or you can't read this word. That's the issue. That's the problem. 
most of the kids nowadays are getting raised by social media, by YouTube. It's a it's a problem. Yes, it's it's definitely a problem, man. No, it's it, I don't think certain certain parts of hip hop is not in a good space. Well, go good with that. Exactly what we were talking about, man. Having, you know, the the older guys from hip hop uh, step in and, and and really make a change. Um, you know, one thing that I always hate is you go to these certain events, mm-hmm. networking events, and they have a panel. They're telling you how to create generational wealth and how to approach some of these labels and how to put more money in their pockets, but they're not telling you anything about hip hop. What are we doing here? Mm. What are we really doing? Do you really know what hip hop is? I interviewed uh, Jose Guapo mm-hmm. from Atlanta. And I asked him how, what do you think about 50 years of hip hop? He said he didn't care. He said he don't even really listen to those guys. That's 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 his perspective. That's that's his opinion. I respect it, but that's the problem when 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 your response is that. And nobody it's a shame that people don't know what we're really doing with hip hop. And I think that if you're gonna have a if you're gonna have a panelist, mm-hmm. then they need to start speaking about the culture. Because that makes sense. Not spending a lot of money going to labels and get your record played and distribution deals and no let's talk about why we why should i want a distribution deal why should i bring you a 100k um to do this that's why i respect master p that's why i respect 50 cent 50 cent turned himself from a gangster to an entrepreneur he's part of the problem too though and i'm gonna and i'm gonna tell you why is how he got on was one oh, of the I'm most <laughs> horribly negative campaigns in the history of hip-hop and it was hella successful. It was smart. I, I mean, it, it, I, I agree with you, but it was smart. Oh, it was brilliant. He had to find an open market. Yeah. Everybody was doing the same thing. I, he had I, to come something different. It worked for him. No argument there. It was brilliant. Um, it, but like it, it was openly tearing down another brother mm-hmm. for a bag. And this is how I became 50 Cent. So now, you know, and he ain't the first one to do it. Like, LL did that shit way back in the day with Cool Modi. He came in the game talking shit about niggas. But 50 Cent made his brand on how to rob niggas. It wasn't just Ja Rule. It was a whole fucking list of people. Nigga, I'm taking your shit. You know? And so now you got kids, and Get Rich or Die Trying is one of the best albums ever created. Mm Mm-hmm, I agree. Now, you know, if kids is listening to some old shit, that's definitely one of the ones they listening to and they still seeing Ja Rule still mad at this nigga. They still seeing clips of Ja Rule mad at this nigga about that. For the little kids now, that's successful. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I can't really speak on this situation because, you know, I definitely wasn't there, but uh, from the outside looking in, you know, um, I will say to Ja Rule, he outsmarted you, Ja. You 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 was on before him. And he outsmarted you. You know, um, I looked at the um shout out to Matt Hoffa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched his interview. Uh, ja Rule was up there and he was uh basically, you know, they asked him about that. And he was like, Well, you know, 50 wanted to do a song with me. 
um, you know, I was I was on already. Fifty wanted to do a song with me, and they were like, "Well, why didn't you do the song?" And he was like, "Well, you know, you know, I, I was busy. You know, uh, you know, it's, I guess job was in his own. I guess he was flossing too." Uh, and they asked him, you know, was that the start of the the beef between you and job? And he was like, he don't know. He wasn't really paying attention because he was too busy doing him. That could have that could have possibly started the beef between him and job. But when Fifty came up with his strategy, and he just outsmarted Jai, and it didn't work <laughs> for him because because Jai didn't. I mean, you got to think about it. What did Jai do? I mean, Nothing. you got to Fifty. Not only is he smart, we not we not we not agreeing that what he did and how he influenced all of these other people. We're not saying that's right, but right. we're just talking about his strategic plan, his strategy. What he did, like he, Ja Rule had a, uh, a concert, 50 Cent bought out the first three rows of his concert and nobody was in them seats. <laughs> 50 at this point, Ja Rule would never be able to catch up to where 50 had, what 50 has become. And it's only because of. Ja Rule, to be honest with you, I think he gave up, man. Like, yo, I never can, I, I would never be able to, to get back that, um, that, um, that, that, uh, that holla, holla, Ja Rule yeah. type yeah. of, you know, he, he could, he never, and he still won't today. You don't see Ja like that. You see him doing a lot of media work, of course, but you know, on mainstream, like, no, you don't see Ja in movies. I don't even know when the last time Ja was in a movie, you yeah. know, uh, 50 controls that now. You know what I'm saying? So 50 is a gatekeeper. He can bring you in. He can take you out. Thanks. And he would never be friends with Jai. But long story short, Jai, he outsmarted you. Tighten up, man. You know what? He used Ja Rule's catalog against him. And there, there was nothing like there was no gangster shit that Ja Rule and them was going to do where the streets was going to be like, okay, yeah, we believe you, nigga. And you, exactly. And, and he used your own style. In a more hardcore fashion, you know, it 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 was a clinic on on how to ruin not just that nigga, but Murder Inc. Like he toe tagged. It was real beef. It was yeah. real beef. People it, got it, stabbed up and all of that. It was real beef, man. So it's like, it's crazy, bro. Absolutely, they ain't coming back from that. No, man, we thought that we was going to see at one point. I thought I was going to see that when everybody was making up like Jay-Z and Nas. Now Nas is with Jay and, you know, look at Nas now. His old image have changed. Um, you know, Meek Mill and Drake. Everybody, you know, making up now. But, like, two people that I don't think that 50 will ever be ever cool with again is Rick Ross and Ja Rule. And I think both of those are a 50 decision. Cause Absolutely. I think both of those dudes, I think Ja and and Rick Ross, if Fifty called them today and was like, you know what, let's end this shit, let's squad, they'd be cool with it. Of course they will. Yeah, I know Ja would. Fifty, <laughs> Fifty ain't never. I think gonna die hating niggas. Right. If we called Ja right now and said, "Hey Ja," <laughs> if he would have called Ja right now and said, "Yo Ja, yo, listen man, let's have a sit down, you know, let's talk, man, let's 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 go ahead and put the past behind us." You know, Ja Rule is going to say, hell yeah, because yeah. now it opens up the market for him to get back out there and do his thing. But Yo. 50 will play one, 50 will play one of his mind games and probably set that up and probably have a fake 50. <laughs> you know, 
That's the way 50. I will say though, like like a fifty versus Ja Rule uh, 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 versus would absolutely ruin the internet, man. We, oh man, everybody be dressed up at home for that shit. Fifty's too big for that now. Fifty would lose though. Would I think? Talking about with the versus who who would win? Oh, I'm saying yeah, I'm saying it. Fifty, fifty, fifty would win. I don't think so, bro. Fifty would win. Oh no, I definitely disagree with you on that one. And live? Shit. Yeah. Shit. Have you ever seen Ja Rule perform live, bro? I have. That nigga gets busy. And but there is a confidence level now. He never knew if 50 gonna buy out the front row of his his, his concerts. He don't But if they doing the verses, they in the, like, the way they got it oh, set yeah. up now, they're in the same yeah. spot. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So some of the shit Fifty would do, he can't do at this point. Right now, Fifty got the streets. Right now, he does. He just got too many. He just Fifty would win. We agree to disagree, but Fifty would win. Oh man, I I would absolutely pay money for that. (laughs) All right, so let me. All right, so you putting together an album. You the executive producer. You can get five MCs and five producers. I'm a, I'm gonna say you wanted the MCs. Okay. Who's the other four? Uh. That I would want on my album. Hmm. Uh, this is this is your chronic. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh. I would have Snoop up there, definitely. Um. I would have um I would have Nas Jay um and I would say I probably would go with uh Scarface. That's Scarface is that guy, bro. Mm-hmm. That that like no J. Cole though? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you. I mean, because you took away the fifth one, you know what I mean. But uh, well, you know, well, it's up to you. I'm just, I'm assuming that you're gonna want to be on your own shit. Yeah, of course. J Cole is definitely one, and I and I probably would throw Wayne and Drake up there. Yeah, I think that would be who I would want on the album. I mean, it's so many, it's so many fire artists that's from that era, though. You know, I I can't even, I, I I don't even want to be limited. You know, but uh, yeah, I would definitely. I would definitely have Cole up there. Yeah, I, I, I want I want Carolina to, to, to get mad at you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, why why is Drake not considered number one? Like everybody talk about the ghostwriting shit. It's a lot of niggas in the industry that that get shit written for them that people don't know about. I know this for a fact. Oh, um, who's to say that he's not number one? You putting him number one? I'm. A, I'm going to say he should be in a discussion because he's had a run unlike nobody else in hip hop except maybe Jay-Z. Well, a lot of people, a lot of talk about J. Cole being the number one artist in America, you know. Um, but, man, we can't forget about Lil Wayne because he has had a run for a long time. You ain't lying. And we're talking about the age of 13 to now he's 40. Yeah. Yeah, four decades of fucking yeah. 
and he was relevant all four decades. And Lil Wayne has been rich forever. And you got to think about Drake. He started off as an actor with Degrassi, and and transitioned into music, and being up on the Lil Wayne. See, he got to go through Wayne first. So before I even rate Dre's number one, Drake number one, like he, I, I just don't. I, I he has to go through Wayne first, you know. And Wayne is just out of this world. He's a Martian, and he gave us Nicki Minaj, and she just sure did. And they respect that. And Nicki is, she's flirting with being the best female MC ever. Who else do we got, as far as female? That we can match with Nikki. Actually, probably. I mean, when you put everything in it together, as far as longevity, as far as bars, as far as changing the game, um, I don't know. Like anybody else that I would mention, got an album that I like. Even Queen Latifah, mm. beautiful. You know, love her flowing. But as far as actually putting bars on 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 records, she ain't nowhere close. MC Light, same thing. Different Maybe era. Albums. Different, different era, but longevity is longevity. <laughs> That's correct. And Nicki Minaj's been putting in work, what, at least a decade? Mm-hmm. Consistently. Mixtape game, albums, the whole nine. Yeah. Not, you know, I don't know if there's anybody I'd put above her. Yeah, Cardi got a shot. Yeah, Cardi got it. She's she's working her way up to that point, but uh, yeah. Nikki's in her own lane. So I agree with you on that. Nikki's in yeah. her own lane. Lil Kim would probably be a close. Yeah, yeah. Two but A. I think Lil Lil Kim. I'm not sure if anybody want to hear new music from Lil Kim. I think they just want to hear all the classics from Lil Kim, kind of like Juvenile. When I interviewed Juvenile, I asked him at the Crump Fest, uh, along with Trick Daddy, uh, MJG, and Eight Ball. You know, and I and I asked Trick. I said, "I'm not Trick, but I, I asked Juvenile. I said, listen, what, what? You got anything new that you're working on?'" He said, "His fans will kill him. They don't want to hear nothing new. They want to hear all the classics." Juvenile is still relevant, selling out shows, and doing music that he did a decade ago. That's longevity. That is longevity. But but I mean like the shit that he did a decade ago, like when like Cash Money nigga like was like they was hot as fish grease, mm-hmm, and exactly. they made shit like when you can like most people are gonna compare them to No Limit. No Limit made great music for their time. Mm-hmm. Cash Money made great music for all time. For all time, I agree. Yeah. Cause you to the nine nine in the two thousand nigga, yeah, exactly. that's gonna tear a club up today. And I don't exactly. care what club you at, everybody know that shit. You know, so yeah, it's 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 kind of levels to that shit. Like I I and I fucks with Master P. I think he he definitely put the blueprint. But man, Manny Fresh, yeah, dope producer. Yeah, that nigga does not get nowhere near the credit he should get. So you feel he's underrated? Oh, absolutely. Manny Fresh is probably top three producers like of all time in hip hop. Like, and like I would say Dre, but the more stories come out about Dre, Dre wasn't necessarily pushing the boards. Dre was orchestrating. Exactly. He had a lot of producers under him. 
yeah, you know, and I ain't never heard nobody say Manny Fresh didn't make this beat. Right. That's something to think about. That's fucking remarkable, bro. And the talent that man possesses is. But I think he's getting. I think he's getting recognition now, on the back end. You know, they showing him a lot of love now. Uh, I forget where he was at, but um, I seen that. You know, he's getting mad love now. Uh, I don't know why they waited so long. You know, but um, it shouldn't take fifty years to reunite hip hop. He the the. Look, because Lil Wayne was so huge, you know, because uh, uh, Juvenile was so, you know, like the stars he was dealing with were so massive that, you know, he just got put on the back burner and they, they made a conscious effort to not necessarily make him a superstar. He was behind all the beats. He was, but they made a con like, like Death Row was Dr. Dre. There was a conscious effort to make sure that he was out front and that he built star, you know, like he was responsible for other niggas. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that shit for, you know, Manny Fresh wasn't responsible per se. You know, Baby and Slim went and found niggas and said, these niggas going to go on your beats. I and agree. that shit worked, you know. Um, yo, if people do want to get on your show, how do they go about doing that? Uh, they have to... Um... You know, uh, hit the email, uh, MaseratiSantana.bookings at connectservices.net. Um, also, it's a, um, a business number as well. You could uh, you could follow my, you can go, well, you can follow my page or whatever. It's still in uh, my managers and everything is in, uh, you know, my bio. You can check out my, uh, my website at www.wannarisetv.com. Um, and, yeah, my team will make sure. To see where we fit in at, to see if it's a go, and uh, you know everything is a process. How many no's do you say a week? <clears throat> well, <laughs> um, uh, you know, now I have no, um, you know, my 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 team they do all the booking now. So if it's a good fit. <laughs> You know, I, I, I made it so now I don't have to. Yeah, that nigga hit me with the politically correct shit. Per yeah, technically, to, technically, it's not me, nigga. I don't say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, That's a beautiful know, they, space to be in, though. Absolutely, you know they got their best interests in me. Um, so yeah, uh, I do want to shout out uh, Brittany uh, for leading me to this uh, this connection with you. Uh, she's a very good person. So shout out to her. Yeah, and uh, I echo that statement. And she had nothing but beautiful things to say about you too, as well. Absolutely. Appreciate Yo, Maserati Santana. That how, is that like your your government, or you just come up with that? No, uh, it, it was a name I put together over the years. Um, Maserati it was uh, that name was kind of given to me because you know I was a little flashy. You know, um, my work ethic was at a rapid pace, um, and you know. Uh, I was already going by the name Boz. So um, I just flipped it to, to, to Maserati, you know, uh, instead of spelling it the original way. Mm -hmm. I um, replaced the S with a Z. And um, Santana came from my daughter. I got a daughter. Her name is Santana, and I want her a part of my brand. Um, so Maserati Santana, I just made long, I'm making longevity with that, with her. And she's so much like me, you know. Um, she's going to be an entertainer as well. So I'm just uh, thinking about the people. 
And I'm going to let you get out of here. I know you got shit to do, man. Um, I got one more question, man. How did kids change you? Um, it, it, it actually uh, elevated me to, to make better decisions, to, um, to look at the finer things in life instead of, where, instead of right now. Um, when you have kids, you have to plan ahead of time. You know, you can't just oh, plan for today. Um, so it, it, uh, it grew me up uh, to the man that I am today. Um, and it's just a blessing to even say that I'm a father because, you know, a lot of people, oh, it's good. I don't have any kids. Well, that's, that's dope. You know, that's dope. But like, you know, I, I, I want to have some legacy behind me. So, um, my kids changed me in a dramatic way, man. And, uh, I love them, you know, um, for that. And, you know, they help me grow every day because these kids are getting smarter with technology every day. So I got to make sure I stay on the heels, you know, so. It's keeping me sharp, and they getting sharp. So, you know. That's a beautiful thing, man. I love to hear motherfuckers talk about their kids, man. Absolutely. It's nothing better than that, bro. Yes, sir. Well, grandkids are, are actually pretty pretty fucking dope. Oh, we ain't got there yet. Oh, I got, <laughs> I, I, I got six of them things, man. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God, man. Yo, grandkids are everything. It's like all the, all the benefits of the kids without the responsibility. Right. You know, so you sit there right. asshole when you get tired. Yeah. I mean, if it works for you, you know, it works for you. But, um, Even though how you, many you, exactly you, you have? I got six. Six of them, okay. And what's the oldest? She'll be 14. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, just started high school, which is like, bro, I didn't anticipate having kids at all. Having grandkids is just like, bro, I didn't think I was going to live past 25. Wow. So every it's breath like I'm taking kids all over again. It it's um in certain aspects it's better and I'll say why. Um because they kind of come out the gate listening to you a little bit more. Because their parents are at a level now where they understand a lot of the shit that you, a lot of your decisions because now they got their own kids. That's so right. y'all relationship is different. So they looking at you through a different prism. Like your kids, you know, they want to test you. They right. You wrong. You old. I'm not. You know, that type of thing. It ain't really like that with the grandkids. It's more like, okay. And I have a great relationship with my daughters. So I'm assuming that, you know, I'm, you know that plays a big role in it. You know, and I, and I like to think I did a good job as a father. So it helps. It, it does. Having relationships with uh, with your parents is very um, relevant, you know. Um, and you know, I lost my father back in 2016, and you know, uh, me and my father was very close, mm -hmm. you know. And, and and there's still some things that I needed to learn from him before he died, and I would never get that back. But you know, he's here with me now, and um, I just take what I did learn from him and try to make him proud with that, you know. Um, I was kind of like on the rough end when he was still here, you know, still mm -hmm. trying to get it together, you know, but um, I know that he's proud of what I became and how I'm using my talents and unlock the hidden talents, you know, certain things that your parents can tell you is for you to look into the inner self of yourself and uh, goes back with the interview I had yesterday, shout out to uh, Sarah Bradley. And I asked her a question. I said, you know, how important is self-identity? Knowing yourself. Knowing self is very important because if you don't know yourself, 
man, you would never be able to know what potential that you really have. And you would never be able to unlock hidden talent. You know, I never thought I would be interviewing people. I never thought I was good at it. But, you know, my dad was a pastor. So it was embedded in me already. You know, mm. when, you, when you're doing, when, you, when you're pastoring that church, it's motivational speaking. Facts. It's the same thing. It made, the only thing changes is the titles. Yeah. You know, but yeah, man, um, I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to, you know, uh, help people out and give people a chance, a voice. But, um, you know, sometimes with business, things change. So it goes back to that question, how many times do I say no? You know, um, at this point when you're building a brand, it's just what's best for your brand, what's the best for your platform. You know, um, it's not gonna, it's not going to be meant for everybody to be on your platform as you elevate, as you get, you know, big platform. You know, now starting off, cool, um, but you know, you know, you 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 have a you have a, a very nice platform yourself, so you know exactly where I'm coming from. I appreciate that. And yo, if don't nobody tell you today, bro, I'm absolutely proud of you. Um, you 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 could have went another lane and went for the whole you know drama field type of shit. And your interviews, bro, are very very humble, very honest, um, and very informative. And it don't you don't need a whole bunch of you know gotcha type of shit for you to have dope interviews, man. So I'm absolutely proud of you for that. And it's shit you hella successful at doing it. So yes, you know, I appreciate you for uh, coming on the platform, bro. I really do. You're welcome. Glad to be here. You know, no doubt. Um, if I don't know if there's anything I could ever do for you. Um, but if you just, you know, just want to old nigga for some per- some purpose or some reason, let, let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, look, okay. I got a, I got a, I got a couple ideas in mind. All right. Well, shit. Hit me up. You know, I, I, I'll shoot you my math in the uh, DM. Absolutely. All right. No doubt, bro. On that note, man, I'm salute to you, man. I'm gonna let you go, and you have a great one, bro. All right. You too. All right. No doubt. Peace. Peace. Yo, y'all already know, man, this is Jobs, and you have watched another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Um, shout out to King Maserati, man. Very, very, very humble brother. Um, make sure you check out On The Rise TV uh, and follow him on Instagram. It's King Maserati Santana. If you type that in, you'll, you'll get his Instagram. So that's just pretty pretty fucking dope um shout out to you i hope you're having a great day and if not hopefully i made it a little bit better on that note uh i'm out of here peace